Hello and welcome to the Great Irish Summer podcast series from the Irish Examiner. I'm Esther McCarthy and I'm going to be talking all things travel today but this is a three-part series and you'll find it on irishexaminer.com and each programme is going to focus on an aspect of summer that we really love here in the lifestyle section of the Irish Examiner so there's going to be arts and culture there's going to be an episode focusing just on food but as I said for this programme Thomas Burnock and Melanie Mullen and myself are going to be yapping about holidaying at home we're going to get the inside track from these two fabulous travel writers, best breaks in Ireland, the secret spots, where to go. So even if you're a five star foodie, you want the whole big shebang or you just want a few days of chilled out camping, simple, straightforward. There's hopefully something for everyone here, guys. Dingle to Donegal, Cork to Cavan. Now, I'm very excited to have this gentleman here and I can see him on the Zoom. I haven't met him in the flesh yet. Damn you, COVID. Tom Bernock. He's the travel editor and a travel writer here with the Irish Examiner. You can read his weekly column in our weekend magazine. COVID hasn't put a stop to his gallop, though. Don't worry. He's been touring the length and breadth of this beautiful island of ours. Um, obviously, we're not on lockdown over the last 18 months. And he likes to consider himself a professional staycationer for the foreseeable future. And so do we all. So this is why I'm even more excited to hear all these guys' tips, because I ain't going out of Ireland for the foreseeable. And Melanie Mullen is here as well. Delighted to have her and her lovely, vivacious energy with us today. She's a travel writer and a photographer, and she regularly contributes to us here in the Irish Examiner as well. We love her stuff landing in the inbox. It's always beautiful, stunning and exciting. Her love for great food actually means that she often plans her holidays around those great places to eat. So that's something that I really admire, to be honest, and I'm very jealous of. And she's no issue driving long hours for a meal, she tells us, as long as each car journey has Westlife and River Dance on the playlist. We'll talk about that later. Or maybe Owen and Des will have her on the podcast with the whole arts and culture thing to, to sort that one out, Mel. So we're going to have five tips from you guys. And Tom, you're going to start us off with your first tip, which is... And I love that it rhymes. Look for the coast with the most. Can you tell us about that, Tom? Uh, sure. Listen, we're all gravitating towards our wonderful western and eastern seaboards. But as we've seen in the last few weeks between the Gardaí stopping cavalcades of folks down in Barley Cove and Kinsale or, or wherever, that's the last thing you want after you've packed all the kids to the car and have taken a long road trip down to, to, to West Cork to be turned around at a checkpoint. So I guess we're encouraging people to maybe like think outside the bus get a little bit when it comes to planning either your day trips or your holidays and even if we look at Cork alone that really means just I guess the further you tend to to migrate from the city you'll in mileage it'll really benefit your experience and and that the crowds tend to peter out I was thinking for example of recommending our more further flung peninsulas like the Beira or Sheep's Head. As we know, Mizzen is quite popular. Stunning as well. Like what? I mean, it's worth the drive, isn't it? They are just off the chart. They're so beautiful out there. Sheep's Head is just ridiculous. Like. Ridiculous, 100%. And uh, Sheep's Head, I, I, I think even a lot of Corkonians aren't familiar with it. And so, I mean, you have to drive, I guess, you know, two hours 
west and that's from from Cork City alone but once you get there you have these incredible hiking trails and beaches like Trafum near Kilcrahan and you have the beautiful lighthouse at the end and then if you look at just down on on Beira, for example, you have Ballydonagan Beach in Alahees. Alahees is probably their most remote town in Ireland. So it's a bit of a, a stretch to get down there, but you have this horseshoe white sand beach and it's that real, um, that Cork cliche of you could be anywhere, you know, you, it can't possibly be Ireland. It can't possibly be Ireland. Costa Cork, why? Costa Cork. Alahees has that beach. It has, you know, the barista coffee food trucks you can you know have your lovely swims down there and then get your artisan hot dogs and a coffee and tour around the peninsula there's a place I really like and it's still a bit of a um, a hidden spot is the Dzogchen Buddhist retreat. Dzogchen Bera is a Buddhist meditation retreat down beyond Castletown Bear and you can either you can go as a day visitor and enjoy their reflection gardens which just spill out onto an Atlantic cliff face. They also have morning meditation sessions on a on a Sunday, which you can avail of as well. And that's a really quirky stop along the along the Bear Peninsula, as well as kind of the, the main hits. That sounds fascinating. I've heard of it and actually a friend of mine works there, but I've never got down there. Have you been there, Tom? I have, yeah. I've actually I actually spent a New Year's Eve there a couple of years ago at a Buddhist meditation retreat. And it was just, I mean, I've, I've done that and I've also gone as a day visitor, just checking out the gardens. And it's just, it's your quintessential West Cork Zen experience. And it's actually not on um, the Beira Ring coastal road. So you have to kind of go inland. I think for that reason, a lot of people bypass it. Okay. Um, another really good one is, I guess we all hear about the Connor Pass or the Sally Gap, but the Healy Pass, which bisects the Bear Peninsula and winds into the, the Kerry side is really, I think, Ireland's most spectacular road trip as well. Brilliant. Mel, what about you? Where would you send people if you were thinking a little bit off the beaten track? Well, it's not exactly off the beaten track, but I was there last week, the Antrim Coast. When I think of the Antrim Coast when I was a child, you know, when all your friends would go to Spain for their summer holidays, well, we were the family that took your friend's family home while they went to Spain. So like we would spend two weeks in Coleraine for our holidays. Um, so their memories aren't very fond of there. <laughs> to be honest, for a food lover, it's like incredible what has started there. So from Port Stewart to Ballycastle, the whole coastal, there are loads of lovely little spots. Um, and a lot of people tend to go to, they might be in Belfast and they'll go to the Downs Causeway and Carrick Reed Road Bridge and go back to Belfast that night and just spend the day there rather than properly staying there. Whereas actually you could make like three or four days out of it and like eat your way along the coast, which is just a delight <laughs> to me. Um, so yeah, the likes of like in um, Ballycastle, you've got Ursa Minor, which is a bakery. They've been there for years. Lots of young people, which is so good to see, like are starting new businesses there. Um, young couples in Port Stewart, you've got Native Seafood, who um, they originally had a place in Coleraine and now opened up in uh, Port Stewart, right on the beach there overlooking the sea. It's stunning. They're fishmongers and their aim is to get everyone to eat and try fish and they will do everything in their way possible from making, instead of Kentucky Fried Chicken, they'll do Kentucky Fried Monkfish, that kind of thing. And like no chips on the menu, that kind of vibe. They're just great crack as well. Really, really nice. Then you've got the likes of uh, We Are Lost and Found. They're in Port Rush and they are also in Coleraine as well. And just really good food. 
really good coffee and great service. Uh, the one thing that we noticed up there was that everyone was so friendly and so welcoming and they all support each other so much, which is just great. They all knew each other and we're like oh you should go to so and so and so and so and like it, and when you said oh we're going here and they're like oh amazing yeah brilliant and um, so like in that it's just incredible for the evening time then you've got places like Ocho's which is like a tapas bar and um, where they originally were in Port Rush they got flooded out so they've taken over the back of a hotel in uh, Port Stewart for the moment uh, while everything gets sorted out but again great service really good food tasty food and it's just I kind of was like, I'm ready to go back for a week before I had even like after day one. And there's so much within Coleraine, Port Stewart, Port Rush to see that you're not, like, it's not boring in any way. And you don't have to do the whole Game of Thrones vibe either. Like if you don't want to, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> yeah, as you say, this it sounds like there's something for everyone there. And I think that's the great thing about Ireland. You know, you say Antrim and... You could spend weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks in Antrim and still not do everything that's there. You know, we have for such a tiny little rock in the middle of the Atlantic, we have so much to offer, like really do. So going from coasts now, Tom, your next one I love because I'm a bit of a city girl at heart as well. You say to not underestimate the urban escape. Yeah, exactly. I think everyone's been trying to find a, a remote break and that's the sentiment that we're all starting to kind of get away from it all in these wide open spaces and what have you but for that very reason there's never really better been a better or perhaps arguably affordable time to enjoy uh, a city break in Ireland city so not only do you get to enjoy the city without I guess this influx of crowds which have really taken over areas like um, you know Temple Bar and you know, the centre of Galway and what have you you also have the opportunity to perhaps avail of city hotel deals, hotels which may have been out of your price bracket before, but now are far more affordable. The more I go to Belfast, the more I like it. And the first time I guess I went there maybe 10 years ago, I was like, oh, what's the story here? I was, I guess, comparing it to Cork or Dublin. But I think once you get, once you stop those comparisons and also venture out beyond the the city centre, because I find that one of the more curious things about Belfast come evening is a lot of the, you know, the stores, they all shut her down and a lot of people can kind of converge into the neighborhoods. So in, Bel- in Belfast City Centre, you may get a lot of, you know, tourists. There's a lot of Southerners up, obviously, um, to en- enjoy themselves indoors and outdoors. And they're on, you know, the, the beer buses touring around town and what have you. But I really like the other quarters surrounding the city centre like Queen's Quarter so the university quarter I just stayed in a newly opened hotel called the Harrison that was opened by um, a woman called Mel Mel Harrison uh, a native who always dreamed of opening a hotel and she was an Airbnb owner and this period property next to her house became available and now she's turned it into this bohemian boutique hotel so a lot of people would know about the merchant in belfast being quite a, a high-end old world roaring 20s style property but this is a really good alternative for people who are looking for a really a luxury city break without perhaps the price tag i mean the, the rates there were i think just shy of 180 sterling for a suite per night which if you compare that to a lot of other um, hotels is really affordable and a lot of Belfast city hotels at the moment too have um, rates south of 100 euros a night. I also stayed in the 10 square in Belfast city centre and I also checked out um, the Malgen hotels. They would range from like 80 to 100 euros. They're like really good friendly 
city centre hotels. Then you can avail of all the Belfast attractions, like I say, the Queen's Quarter, where you have like the Botanic Gardens and the Ulster Museum, where they now have, you know, the Blackboard from Derry Girls. And then you have um, the Titanic Quarter, which a lot of people might find a little kind of hokey in its origins. But I actually think it's one of the most impressive regenerated European districts. You know, that document has been completely transformed. You have Titanic Belfast itself, which is an absolutely like world class museum attraction. It's slightly outside the city. Well, like not too far. You can walk in and it's a lovely walk into the city centre. So it is nice kind of views as well. 100%. It's a nice place to like maybe go to St. George's Market in the morning, grab your coffee and snack and then stroll out to the Maritime Mile, as they call it which has all those attractions and cool, um, you know, outdoor beer gardens and Titanic Belfast Hotel as well, which is in the old, I think, the old drawing room quarters where the actual boat was designed originally. Cool. And food-wise, Mel, is there one spot in Belfast that you'd say do not leave without trying out this place? Oh, there's so many. <laughs> there honestly is. I suppose Ox would be the one, the, the Michelin um, place. It's kind of just really good food if you're looking to treat yourself very reasonably priced as Michelin star restaurants go and it's just kind of top-notch um, food then if you're looking for something if you're not into that kind of thing further or most street uh, is the rebel ramen really good ramen they started doing pizzas during lockdown I haven't had the chance to try them yet but I've no doubt that they're incredible as well so yeah definitely worth there for a kind of lunch and something on the go and um, I think there's about eight seats in there so wouldn't be going to plan a big, long, leisurely lunch. It's you grab and go kind of thing. Uh, but really, really good ramen. Did you say they were called Rebel? Be a Rebel. Be a Rebel. You can't talk about Rebels and City Breaks without talking about Cork. I'm sorry. So I'm just going to have to <laughs> big up the Cork City. Because really, you know, when you're you're in lockdown, you're forced to kind of stay where you are. And you start thinking about your own city in a different way as well. Like just walking to Fitzgerald's Park with the kids and, you know, looking at your own things that I you know probably take for granted I've never rang the Shandon Bells to my shame so that's on my list of things to do this summer you know um, heading out to Blarney Castle we've definitely done that loads of times anytime we have visitors you know we'll head out there but it's inc- it's worldwide famous and it's on your doorstep you know like Quark we've got the loads of greenways with the English market of course for food you know and I remember it as a kid and it's still that little excitement of going in there you know the bustle and you don't know what you're going to get and the quality is just next level you know if you're over in Barcelona at the markets and you're like should we have this at home you know like it really is so <laughs> fabulous like and UCC you know I went there as a student but you go back and you're walking around the Glucksman is incredible just seeing it I suppose going as a family and letting the kids see it it's beautiful walks around the campus they have a great little cafe in the Glucksman as well gorgeous yeah we used to go there on Sunday mornings when the kids were small enough to strap in you know and you could kind of guzzle your food without before they do and it is really nice and it's, again then you can stroll over to Fitzgerald's Park and kick the ball or you know go into the museum there and um, the Cork Butter Museum is fabulous it's actually really cool you know it's kind of and again beautiful walk up the north side and um, St Anne's Cathedral yeah I'm definitely doing the Shandon Bells and then like hotels in Cork. The who's who 
I think a few years ago, if you stayed in a hotel, like across the road from where you live, you'd have been seen as a bit of like an eccentric or something like what you're on. But now it's like totally acceptable to like go on a night away, you know, um, within your 1K radius. Absolutely. And I would still feel a little bit guilty. You know, I went to the, the River Lee for a night there. I've, you know, snuck off the Montanati with the girls. You know, you'd go into the metro and you do kind of feel, oh my God, but it's so, there's no travel time. You feel like you're in a different world as soon as you go in there anyway. You can chill out. You're early the next morning getting back to reality. Like I'd highly recommend it. And it's, it's fabulous. I think Cork is in a really exciting time right now, too, with the whole Dockings regeneration. You have the new Dean Hotel, which is like a super addition to the city. And just like the English market, now you have the new Marina Market across the road, too. So it has all the kind of the like the, the classics, like your like your English market in Shandon. But there's a new kind of a new wave of kind of exciting businesses coming to the city, too, which are kind of giving it another cool dimension. Definitely. And I'm going to actually stop myself now because the whole podcast will end up being about Cork. <laughs> so Mel, do you want to give us the next tip so that you, I just cut myself off there? I was going to really quickly mention Dublin. Yeah, of course. Oh, for the art. Yeah, we can't do urban uh, without talking about Dublin. That's fair. As Tom was saying about Belfast, like the neighbourhood areas, and that's where Dublin's really kind of coming into its own because the city centre is great. It's hugely busy um, during the weekends and it can just be sometimes a little bit too much. And um, whereas there's some lovely little restaurants popping up outside in Hoth, you've got Mamo and then Hoth itself is just stunning for the cliff walk, for swimming. The great thing about Dublin is that you're kind of within an hour of a lovely beach if you want to be. And like, yeah, you're in the city, but also it's just really nice gorgeous countryside as well um, and then the other side you've got um, Michael's which is in Mount Merriam which is all seafood again just really lovely neighbourhood restaurant and then closer to the city you have Locks, which is in Windsor Terrace in Portobello lovely dining on the street really good food and you can just walk into the city if uh, if you want to after that hotels then you're kind of You've got an endless list. You've got the, the usual kind of Shelburne, Marion um, and the Westbury, you know, are kind of the go-tos. But then you've also got a few that have opened up. The Hard Rock Hotel on Dame Street is probably the best time to stay there because there's not a lot of tourists. There's not like nightlife. You are in the heart of the city and you're in Temple Bar. You're not going to notice that the chaos because there's not as much noise. <laughs> um, and then, Tom, you stayed up in the Hyatt in the Liberties as well, isn't it? I really enjoyed that hotel. Um, it's, uh, I think, Ireland's first Hyatt. Um, and it's in the Liberties area, Amel de May country. And, and another example of a cool urban regeneration story. And there's lots of kind of community projects that you can kind of go uh, tour around the area with local storytellers and see um, local crafts weavers. And the, the hotel itself is a really good, decent value. Again, rooms from up below 100 euros a night. Might be a little bit more now in, in, the, in the summer, but they've great like locally sourced breakfasts and food. And I'm a celiac. I remember they had like... Um, a great like gluten-free fish and chips, which is a bit of a novelty for me. So like Mel said, I think we, we tend to gravitate towards the, the main names that log in our minds, but definitely take a punt on an area like the Liberties and a hotel like the like the Liberties Hyatt. And as well, you're you're I mean that's in pretty much near Christchurch. So you're you're in the city like brilliant. Thanks guys. Lots of lovely tips there. Uh, and now number three, Tom, I'm 
fascinated by this stash that you gave me. Like 4%, you said, do you want to tell us about that? What, what are 4% of staycations? What's happening with those 4%? Tell us more. So I guess we've all heard of the Wild Atlantic Way has been such a massive success story and really captured not only international imaginations, but also very much Irish travellers. You know, we no longer say we're going for a spin to clear. We say like, we're doing the Wild Atlantic Way. You know, it's become part of our syntax. By that very token, the Ireland's ancient east came along to, to kind of have an eastern board rival. And in the middle now is Ireland's hidden heartlands. So the kind of the, the Shannon region of Ireland and a little bit beyond as well. And that really only has a very tiny slice of the vacation pie with about four or five percent of Irish holidaymakers staying there now last year. Now, I think it's really cotton onto people's imagination over the last year. It's kind of um, resonated I would even say more than the Ireland's ancient east brand with people because people recognize that they want something hidden we have amazing waterways inland as well and had we not such incredible coasts we'd be heading off to the likes of you know Loch Derg and the Shannon every summer but now I guess people are trying to look for something different and they are heading to Loch Derg so Loch Derg another I guess one of its issues is people maybe tend to confuse it with the pilgrimage Loch Derg above in Donegal but this is the monster Loch Derg a uh, monster Connacht actually because it, it borders Clare Tip and a, a stretch of Galway as well and they launched a major campaign about two months ago to kind of with the aim of becoming um, Ireland's very own Lake Como so what does that mean I guess that it becomes a destination where you can really like switch switch off from like your helter-skelter urban life and just enjoy this incredible uh, lakeland setting and go you know kayaking and bird watching and all these water sports there's an eclectic um, selection of accommodation options too along the lake from the really beautiful Killaloo Lakelands Hotel, where you honestly feel like you could be in Canada or something, to Padomna above in Portumna, which is Ireland's only um, glamping section. And then you could rent a cruiser um, too. Like cruisers have a reputation as being a bit on the pricey side, but if you're you know two couples and you split the cost, it's such a world class holiday you know I've done it a couple of times and particularly when there's good weather you're just like wow this is a a really really world-class holiday and again it's usually Germans Swiss and Dutch who are navigating our waterways because you know we're we're overseas so now is a really good time to perhaps check it out so like there's three of us so if we get one more we could split the cost <laughs> and we <laughs> new best friends <laughs> and there's a fabulous Shannon Blue Way as well isn't there at Drumshanbo is it I heard that's amazing and there's a rainforest and you can go stand up paddleboarding and it just sounds like it was again if it was in a different country you went over and you heard about all these activities and options you'd be blown away and it's all within you know you hop in your car and you're there like that's the joy of, of living in such a little little place isn't it what about you Mel what would you um give us there for your tip we were very lucky to get to go see the Fabu Cabu Cabins in Cabin a couple of weeks ago. And they really are just incredible. But they were built by the, the original cabins were built by the OPW, if correct me if I'm wrong, Tom, a couple of years ago to um, showcase the, what the wood in the area could do. And now they have created this beautiful resort that like, essentially you go in, you park your car, and you don't touch your car for the whole time that you're there and you just enjoy what's around you. Um, it's set on Loch Uchter in Cavan. There are rooms, you can get a one bed up to a three bed, all self-catering, but there's a shop there that you can pick up your bits and bobs if you haven't forgotten anything. 
there's a gorgeous situatory, which is like the communal area, which is loads of games, which I very proudly won all of them. <laughs> yes! Go Mel! Mel tennis champion 2021. <laughs> and, and then like the lake is stunning. Do you know, you can go swimming, you can go kayaking, stand up paddle boarding again. You can hire a boat and go out and see the whole of the lake. We went to see Loch Uchter Castle, so you can spin up towards that direction there's a few other things Tom now uh, that we didn't miss that we missed out because it started lashing rain on the way back but there was another there was an abbey as well so there's so much that you can do with your couple of days the great thing is it's like a minimum stay of think I think it's three nights or something like that so you really fully relax and you fully switch off and it's just whether it's like even if it's raining you've got a cozy fire inside in the cabin like it is just bliss isn't it Tom? Yeah I was joking how we were like the you know the contestants in four in a bed because we were all just like looking around looking for faults you know trying to find you know something has got to let up here but I think I would I mean we obviously are lucky enough to to travel the travel a lot at home but I would really put it way 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 up there in terms of the, the best places. I, I mean, I like that whole woods and lake vibe as well. And I think I, with, um, you know, Centre Park's opening just a couple of summers previously in Longford, they've kind of shown us what, what potential there is in Ireland's forests as well for um, woodland breaks. Cool. And that kind of links us into your next tip as well, guys, the whole go green and sustainability um, concept. Do you want to share with us some of your ideas on that whole thing? Because we are getting more conscious as consumers and where we go and what we do, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that's become one of the, what the COVID pandemic has done is it's kind of accelerated a lot of existing trends which were happening in not only in Ireland but in world tourism as well so a going beyond the beaten track and and b for example you know uh, more ethical sustainable tourism so Ireland is so poised I think to become a world leader in that regard because if you look at you know our food a lot of it is farm to fork you know by default so we're really fortunate in that sense and I think you've areas in Ireland now who who are particularly astute to developing sustainable tourism where they don't want to necessarily draw the masses in but create um, a really high standard getaway project like um, the burn would be a great example of that at the burn I don't want to say they were the first people to kind of be doing this but they've been doing the sustainable thing for a long time and the geopark I think was they kind of from 2008 they've kind of had a real focus on sustainability and they've got a geopark okay I'm gonna I have this written down geopark global geopark status recognition of the significant geological ecological and cultural value as well as a sustainable tourism practice so they've put a lot of work in to get to where they are and the businesses there they are trying to promote stay another day do you know kind of thing so a lot of the time that they found with people would come to go to the cliffs of Moher and they'd get a bus down from Dublin and they would leave again and that would kind of be it whereas they're trying to create something there that is a lot more sustainable in terms of for businesses there as well and what they're doing and then they have the burn food trails which again is a burn slow food which as Tom said is like farm to fork probably by default but they also are very good at supporting each other and promoting each other and so that with the burn food trails it's a whole all the businesses in the area and you can go visit them they do pop-up dinners they are doing 
uh, the Burns Slow Food Festival, fingers crossed, at the October Bank Holiday weekend. And again, that's all the businesses coming together. A huge part of what they do is leave no trace. So if you come there, you you don't know that you're there. You take your rubbish with you. You do a lot. They've been doing it for years and it has been. I do think they probably were one of the first kind of to kind of push for this in the country. Would you think, Tom? Um, yeah, apart from East Cork. I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> the OGs. <laughs> I think, um, and even West Cork too, but I think certainly the first to kind of create this kind of cohesive, collaborative kind of network of businesses who are really on board. Mel and I actually stayed, remember we stayed in the, the falls of Helen and Diamond. That's actually since it's now become Ireland's first carbon neutral hotel. So that's an example of a really family friendly, affordable hotel. It's powered off the, the neighboring waterfall, the, the waterfalls. Which, which you're looking at like over breakfast. That's an example there. And Gregan's, I guess, on the on the more higher end up the road in Ballyvaughan. I mean, they've always had a really sustainable ethos. And like so many hotels in Ireland now, there's the extra, the upper echelon of, of uh, local food where people aren't sourcing it. Not only are they sourcing it locally, but they're growing it on, on site. And so many Irish hotels now have, you know, their own kitchen gardens, which is, you know, really amazing that you can have like your, even if it's like your herbs or your carrots, which have just been, you know, freshly grown outside is, it makes all the difference, I think. So being green and being sustainable doesn't mean having no crack. Like there's just so much. The camping is so much fun, especially as a family. Like we we went to Featherdown Farms campsite in County Clare a few years ago. We'd camp around. You know, you can just pack up and head off. And um, Blind Strand in West Cork is stunning. There's a, a site outside Clan that seems to be really filling up at the moment. Kilkenny, Tipperary has beautiful hikes and loads of camping bits. There's just no matter where you go, you'll, you, you'll find somewhere. And it is that concept of just slowing down and just taking it easy and the simple things. And the kids love it. They don't need all the Wi-Fi and all that, actually. You know, they love going out with the flashlight and, and the <laughs> compost toilets and all the rest of it. It's, it's great crack. And it's no harm for us all to get back to nature a bit. And now, guys, I love this one the final tip and I think you kept the best to last because this is a real passion of mine as well like that again that we're just so lucky to have these incredible things on our doorstep Tom is the ultimate island hopper forget Greece <laughs> that's just talking about Cove but um, I, get, I, I would definitely say the highlight of my staycationing experience over the past two years is really um, embracing our offshore islands. And I think once you get beyond the mentality, I mean, I visited a, a good few of them before, but I think once you get beyond the mentality that they're very accessible, you just, they become like kind of, you know, um, you know, nowadays people are, I, I wrote a column before about, how people have become so obsessed with like country counting and I want to get to 30 countries before 30 and what have you and just kind of the the downside of all of that but I've kind of become obsessed with like seeing how many Irish islands can I discover during this time so even in West Cork alone you have so many options to look at either from day trips where you can go to the likes of Hare Island and Long Island off Gibberine and Baltimore. And they're about four or five minutes out on the ferry. Yet you feel completely switched off when you're when you're out there. They're still populated. Um, on Long Island, you can do things like um, sea kayaking or I mean, I was there two weeks ago on one of those glorious Sundays. There was nobody on the island. Yeah, it was a dream. I walked a kind of hiked through it, which only took maybe a half an hour, 40 minutes. And talking about Barley Cove on the same day, I mean, there was these beautiful 
white beaches, um, clear water and no body there. And then, you know, on Hare Island, you have like really quirky attractions too. Like, you know, there's the Hare Island Pete's Hairia. Um, they do like yoga retreats. You have Cape Clear, which is a little bit further out and that you really feel switched off and you have like the Gale Tucked vibe out there. We know we can't, the kids can't get to the summer camps this year, but you can still get to the Gale Tucked and speak your Kupla Fockel. And that's just, that's Cork alone. I think the Skelligs is something that maybe people are a little bit more interested now because of the whole Hollywood glamour and stuff. Is it is it easy enough to get out to them, Tom? It is. The Skelligs just opened on, hang on, what day have we? July 1st, anyway. I, I think that that's one of the most, like, much-awaited reopenings we've had now because they've been closed for two summers. And like you mentioned um, there, Esther, like, they've, they've got a lot of hype now attached to them on the back of the, the Star Wars filming, which I'm a little bit kind of iffy about because I feel like it was already a blockbuster attraction without that kind of association. Plus, I'm not like a Trekkie or a Star Wars guy or whatever. I don't even know the difference, Star Wars. The fact that you said Trekkie or Star Wars just, you know, just sums it up, dude. But, you know, for a lot of people, the fact that Luke Skywalker stood on that ground will be huge. Like, it really will. So I'm more impressed by the idea of, like, a little puffin walking there, but listen, each to their own. <laughs> They're pretty far from the mainland. You can get there from either um, Balanskelligs or Valencia. I was there maybe, I would say, a good 10 years ago on another stunning day. And they're just like these stone pyramids bursting out of the Atlantic. And, you know, you need your wits about you. I know they've worked a lot worked a lot on, on the upgrading of the ascent upwards because, you know, it's... It's full on, like, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's, quite a, it's quite a hike and it's quite a drop as well. Um, but once you get there to that, like, monastery, that early Christian monastery on the top of the, the mountain overlooking the mainland and also Little Skellig which is just shrouded in white because of all the, the gannets it's just like our very I mean it's a cliche to say it's our very own little Machu Picchu but speaking I, I think it still ranks as the most like outstanding place in Ireland I've been to and that's saying something being from Cork. That is saying something. It's become a definitely more of a premium um, day out and you'll have to book it in advance too. I mean, I'm really hoping that like on some, if there's a really amazing forecast, for, for, for example, I'll be like trying to get down there the following Tuesday, but I don't necessarily think it's going to work like that. So uh, book ahead and also fingers crossed for non-choppy waters yeah. because it's, a, it's um, quite a ride out the main tip there would be no matter where you're going plan ahead like you have to you have to book everything at the moment which is no harm really um we're going to finish up there guys because i think there's loads to think about there and i'm going to start doing my little research straight away for where i can go to but just to to wrap up i'm going to leave the last word to you two to just kind of summarize what what holidaying in ireland means to you and even with no pandemic why people should be holidaying at home mel do you want to kick off and then tom can, can and finish up and we leave the last word to him and thank you both so much for joining us it's just such a beautiful country like Ireland there's so much to see and you can be from one side of the country to the other in half a day if you wanted to be there's so many pit stops along the way like it's not all just motorways you can take the back roads and you can still experience glorious things like my favorite thing is freaking finding an empty house on the side of the road and taking a picture of it you know that kind of thing there is so much to see even when it's a crap day as well like just put on a raincoat get out there and 
enjoy it like it will clear at some point um and i think that's what it is like there's so much crack to be had as well everywhere you go and great food obviously so yeah just like make the most of it we can do it like easily we don't have to spend a fortune flying across the country on flights you know what i mean just jump in the car and make the most of it well said mel and i think we're one of the world's i think great gallivanting nations we're so cultured to jetting off to Spain or New York whenever we used to get like a free week or weekend you know I think what this has really given us is it's kind of reopened our eyes again to staying at home and realizing that you know from like the Shankill Road in Belfast to like the Gale Thoughts deep in Kerry there really is you know so much to discover and we're not we're not Sicily we're not the Pharaohs we are a pretty considerable island and there is a whole lot to discover even which I've realized in East Cork alone even that little stretch of coastline and I think one of the cool things I've kind of really appreciated over the last year touring a lot um, at home is the identity that every county has and they're all almost been like kind of little adding little jigsaw pieces to your overall picture of Ireland even traveling to having an amazing weekend in Leash last year of all places so I mean I'm really excited just to really get going again this summer and fill in those other jigsaw pieces. Thank you for listening to the travel program of the Great Irish Summer Podcast Series with me, Esther McCarthy. This is a three-part series. Please find more on irishexaminer.com. Thank you to Owen O'Sullivan for editing and sound. And thank you so much to Thomas Bernach and Melanie Mullen for joining us today. The next episode is the Arts and Culture episode. It's Owen O'Sullivan talking to arts editor Des O'Driscoll along with Marjorie Brennan about the best TV and movies to stream on holiday, the best books to pack in your bags and the music you'll want to be blaring in the car on your way to your destination. 